0: In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Brendan Burns Show. Joining us today is Chris Hogan, who is focused on educating, encouraging, and empowering as many people as he can in all walks of life. Having worked a career in banking, he realized how many families, marriages, and children were being affected by money issues. He felt powerless watching his clients throw away their financial futures. Today, Chris spreads the message of financial hope to audiences everywhere. An expert on retirement, leadership, mortgages, and healthcare, Chris works with high-profile clients to help them develop a financial strategy to protect their wealth and secure their future. Chris is more than motivation, financial information, or entertainment. He knows that each person's perspective affects their own life, family, and employer. Money is such a personal area and it is often difficult for people to open up about these challenges. Chris is aware that the outward picture is not necessarily the accurate picture. Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you, my friend. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. And I want to start by asking you about your tiger paw tattoo story. If you could (laughs) share that, because we live in this era where people make certain types of decisions. And that really stood out to me in your book.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you know, in that I, I played football back in the day. This was a long, long time ago, uh, but was a part of an incredible team with incredible coaches. And my junior year in college, we won the national championship. And you know, one of the things that the guys decided to do to commemorate this was they everybody was going to go get this tiger paw tattoo. Uh, you know, about about the size of a of a of a of a half dollar, and for me. It was awesome, and I really wanted to be a part of everything the team did, but I couldn't do that. Um, I had, since seventh grade, had the goal of being in the FBI, and at that time, you couldn't have any tattoos or things on you, uh, any identifying marks, and so uh, the guys knew this about me. Uh, They tried to convince me for about three minutes, but they knew I wasn't budging, Uh, but I had to make a decision and had to take a stand uh, for something I was trying to do for myself and my future, and so, you know, it's just one of those moments where I realized how important goals are for you. And regardless of what the crowd is doing or what people think, you've got to stand true to you. One of the
0: things that stood out to me is that you knew going in you weren't going to do this despite the peer pressure from the outside. What are the biggest areas where people put pressure on spouses, friends, relatives regarding spending money in the wrong ways?
1: Well, I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you start to look at this and, you know, you realize we've got commercials uh, that are, are making us feel bad about what we don't have or making us feel bad about what we do have or telling us what we should do and shouldn't do. So we're, we're bombarded with marketing. Uh, we're the most marketed to country on the planet, if you think about it, uh, whether it's through social media, radio, TV. I mean, it's all over the place. So we really need to be able to have boundaries for ourselves. Uh, and more importantly, contentment, uh, my friend, Rachel Cruz, uh, uh, that works here with me as well. She really talks about that, that contentment factor, uh, and, and it's really important of having that inside of yourself so you can stay, stay clear on your goals.
0: Mm-hmm. And how can you stay content with your life and where you're at without needing to make a purchase that might require taking on additional debt or financing to be happy?
1: Brendan, that's a great question. And I think that's one of the things, if we were to dig into it and the psychology of it, I think it would help a lot of people feel better about where they are. And what I mean by is where you are now, right? It doesn't have to be where you end up unless you stop. And so that perspective is important, but I'm going to hit on something that's absolutely true. We have got to be adult enough to know the difference between a need and a want, right? We've got we to know the difference. Something that I want is something that's nice and I can want it, but something that I need is something that helps me with my existence, right? It's, a, it's necessary. Uh, and I think too oftentimes as adults, we confuse want with need. And, and, and I think that is, is an issue. That leads to overspending. That leads to relying on debt. That leads to this buy now, pay later uh, uh, phenomenon that has really caught on.
0: Yeah, well said. So one of the things that I loved about your book, Everyday Millionaires, is it talks about the misconceptions about I don't need to have a certain income level to become a millionaire. And I heard you on Lewis Howes, another podcast that a lot of our listeners check out. And you said something, a certain percentage of millionaires never even made six figures
1: that crazy so okay so to tell your audience so here's what happened the backstory right uh so a third of millionaires never made over six figures so that's if they were both working outside of the home like this is crazy to ponder and you think about it you go wait a minute a third of them together combined didn't make six figures yet they were able to become everyday millionaires so it really goes back to you don't have the excuse of a big salary right it, it's not that's not the case and i'm, I'm gonna tell them myself Brandon, i'm telling myself Please do. um so back pd this is pre dave didn't know dave didn't know the man but I knew I wanted my income to grow every year. Every year, I set a financial goal, right, and went after it. I mean, I really did. And so, you know, my income grew and grew and grew. Here was the problem. I didn't have any progress. I wasn't making progress. I was getting more stuff, stuff that had bigger price tags, but I really wasn't making anything that made progress. So this is one of those things that I'm passionate about and telling people, please, whatever you do, Don't say you're going to wait until you're making X to get serious about your money because you won't. You'll make X and then you'll make the next X and the next one and you won't get any more serious because you hadn't made a decision. So start right where you are. Start with whatever it is you're making 35, 45, 55, 105. I don't care. But if you don't have a plan for money, when more comes in, you won't reap the benefits.
0: Someone said to me once, this was in regards to charitable donations. If you don't give a thousand when you make a hundred thousand or a hundred when you make twenty K, you're not gonna be the guy giving away a million when you make ten That's right. million.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And what it boils down to again, back to the psychology, it's the flexing of that muscle, right. right? It's the beginning of it. And so I tell people start right where you are. Like and 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 you gotta strip away the excuses. Like, you really do. Like, people will say, well, Chris, you know, my family didn't talk about money, okay? Well, I didn't really know how it worked. No one ever showed me, okay? So that was what was then. Now, what are you deciding to do? Which is, I tell people, you need to believe, you need to grow, and you need to do. And here's what I mean by that. You need to believe that regardless of where you grew up, regardless of how your family handed money, you need to believe that you have the ability to become a millionaire, Okay, that's first because if you don't believe you can or or believe that you should you won't so you got to have the belief the next is grow Grow in your knowledge, grow in your knowledge of how this money stuff works. How does investing work? And I'm not saying you gotta become a nerd and get a pocket protector and all this stuff, no. But having a general knowledge and being able to have a conversation with someone that does know is absolutely crucial. And the final one is do. You've gotta do the things that are gonna put you on that path. So believe, grow, do.
0: Excellent, what can people do to get started with this process once they have a certain level of education, specifically with every day, it looks like the stock market is at a new all-time high. We have the in, uh, housing prices are at all-time highs. Yep. So w- what would you recommend people do for as far as investment strategy?
1: Well, I think the first thing is, is to understand that the stock market is like a supermarket. Okay, that's first. Right, and People go, what are you talking about, Hogan? They think, cause I'm bald, I'm crazy. I'm not, listen to me, <laughs> all right? In the supermarket, there are all kinds of things that you can go buy right? You can buy things that are good for your health. You can buy things that taste really good. You can buy things that taste really good and aren't so good for your health. And the supermarket, you have that ability to put that in your cart. The same can be said with the stock market. It's just like the supermarket. There are things that you can get that are good for your financial future. There are things that you can get that are shiny and bright. And there are things you can get that aren't so good. So understanding that first and foremost is you have the power to make the selection one number two it's a roller coaster ride it's going to go up it's going to go down it's going to do all kinds of crazy this past year 2020 has proven it to us stock market jobs and all the things were great in february what happened at the end of that and in march we had the plummet we had the pandemic come around and guess what the stock market is a living breathing thing so it's going to respond to stress strain and anxiety so it dropped but lo and behold by the time we hit september by the time we get to october and then to november it's back up higher than what it was in february so this just goes to show that it is a roller coaster ride but investing is for the long haul okay i don't want people trying to get rich okay don't do that that that, that's where you try to get cryptocurrencies and all this other stuff that'll lead to headache and heartache building wealth takes time and consistency
0: I like that. Someone said to me once that uh, the stock market is like walking a dog across Central Park. It's gonna zigzag all over the place, but as long as you keep it in the right direction,
1: ultimately
0: it'll get you from here to there. Never like heard this. that.
1: I like it. <laughs> I like I do. I really do. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I think when we grow familiar with it and expect it and know what to expect, we can handle it better. Yeah. You know, I had people that I know that pulled money out of the stock market when it dropped. Um, I had people that I knew that were trying to get back. In at the height, and I go, it's not. Quit trying to time the market, right? I talk about that. Day trading is 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 is, is a situation. It'll drive you crazy. Yeah. Uh, I talk about that in my first book, Retire Inspired. Where a gentleman ended up trying to day trade with a home he inherited from his grandparents, and lo and behold, trying to you know time the market and do all these things, he ended up with a hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage on this home that was free and clear. Uh, So we have to be careful. We got to, you know, and understand what's good for us, but also the process, right, that it's long term. And I think when we stay consistent and stay focused, we can make it happen.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I heard you say one time on an interview that um, you had a friend, you said, hey, my to your friend, I'm going to be writing a book, or I'm gonna write some books, and he told you that you couldn't do that. And so I'm curious, like, what I love about that is what you learned from that experience and what that actually meant about him, if you could talk on that.
1: Yeah. You know, as I did that, and this guy's a really good friend of mine, uh, but, you know, in talking about writing my first book, Retire Inspired, I told him, I said, you know, I'm in the process of this, and he goes, man, you can't write no book, you know, and I was like, no oh no, it's happening. He goes, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things, at first I was extremely angry. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I did, I wanted to put him in a headlock, but he's bigger than me. So I could, I, that wasn't an option, right? <laughs> uh, but what I realized was, as I sat and I really thought about it, and I eventually talked to him about it. And it was all a matter of frame of reference, meaning writing a book was not anything he had ever considered. It was never anything he was ever interested in or had ever considered. So for him, it sounded like this, this crazy fantasy thing to take on right? For me, in the midst of it, having worked on several manuscripts before and worked on content, for me, I knew the process of how to do it, right? I've had mentors and people around me to guide me. But it was just one of those things that showed what he thought was possible and believed in and what I knew was possible and what I was going to do. And so it was a matter of frame of reference, but it was also about belief. Now, I can tell you, he, this friend that told me that very thing was at the book signing night when i was here in nashville one of the first people there uh hugging me congratulating me on the book so it wasn't that he didn't believe in me it was that he didn't know anything about book writing, right? That was a foreign thing. And it have easily become this thing between us in the relationship, but it's a matter of me proving. And I told him, I said, dude, you gave me a little kick in the pants. Like I was, I knew I was gonna write the book, but after you made that comment, I knew I was gonna write the book. And it was, it's a good little joke between us.
0: Absolutely. Um, I also wanna I say, I heard you say one time that somebody somewhere is waiting on uh, me to become what I was destined yeah, to be yeah. So how long am I gonna make them wait? <laughs> Tell us about that
1: one. yeah that one that's uh, that's one of them statements. Um, I can't remember where I was um, but it was at an airport and it showed a little boy with a backpack and, a, and, a, and just sitting on a bench and it was taught he was waiting on the bus and it was essentially talking about some kids have no home to go to. And I remember looking at that, and that just, it, it struck my heart. Like, it was one of those things I kept, I just kept thinking about that photo. And I thought, boy, oh, boy, I, somebody's got to do something about that, right? We say that a lot. Somebody's got to do something. And I remember looking in the mirror, and I was thinking, somebody needs to do something. And I was like, oh, I am that somebody. What am I going to do about this, right? And it just got me on this path of thinking that we all have the ability to become more than what we are. We all have that ability. And as we grow and we get on that journey, there's no telling how many people we're going to impact on the way. I'm not the same man that I was 12 years ago. I've grown, right? And so in that growth, I've been able to impact some people and encourage them. And so I sat down and was pinning that. And that's when that came to me, that somebody somewhere is waiting on you to become what you were destined to be. How long are you going to leave them waiting? And what I mean by that is stop being scared to try. Stop being scared to grow forward. Don't be ashamed to reach out and get some help when you need it. Don't be a scared to try something new that you know is going to benefit you. Because as you grow, you're going to impact others.
0: In your personal finance and money journey, what were some of the harder things for you to let go of, some of the worst habits you had to undo? Oh. Talk, talk about your personal journey. Listen,
1: I had to grow up, man. I mean, it was one, it's one thing to make money. Anybody can make money, but smart people figure out how to keep it. And so for me, one of my big money lessons was the grocery store, okay? I'm not petite, people. I love to cook. And it was one of those things that I realized as I pulled out the bank statements because I needed to know where my money was going. Brendan, yeah. I got mad. I got my W-2 and K-1 and all that one year, and I saw how much money had come through my hands. Yeah. And I had nothing to show for it. I mean, I, I went looking. I got my car. I went driving. I was like, I got to find my money. right? I was trying to clear my head, but I saw the restaurants that I'd go to, the grocery store that I'd spend money at, the sporting goods store. And I went, oh, I didn't get robbed. I gave my money away and not the good kind of giving. So I went back, got bank statements out, started looking at where, is my, where are my money leaks I didn't call them leaks at the time. I needed to know where my money was going. So I highlighted in my checking bank statement, trying to figure it out and I realized I was spending a whole lot of money at restaurants and the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't shopping out of need, I was shopping out of habit. Meaning I would get up on Saturday, go to the grocery store, I had money, I'd buy what I wanted, right? And then cook and do whatever. Well, when I started to add it up and really look at it, it blew my mind to see how much it was. Right. And so that was one of those things when I shifted from using my debit card to going to the grocery store to using cash. That was a grow up moment for me.
0: Do you advise? I've seen some people say spend a week or a month making all your purchases for everything with cash physically in your hand.
1: You know what I could I endorse definitely spending with cash. I think it will help you. I do that every year for Christmas. You know, if it's not something I'm buying online, if I'm going into a store, I typically make a list of the people that I'm going to shop for, and I associate a dollar amount, uh, you know, and so that's just what I do. But But I tell people, I don't know about buying it all in one week, because I think some of us are natural savers or spenders, right? And I don't think that there's anything wrong. Like, for example... I tell people you need to know what kind of spender you are. I talked about this on my show, the Chris Hogan show. Uh, You can check it out on YouTube and find it. But I ask people figure out, are you a sad spender? Are you a happy spender? Are you a celebratory spender? Or are you a bored spender? Right, mm-hmm. I'm a celebratory spender, which means if something goes well, I like to celebrate. Like I want to buy something, but it wasn't about the dollar amount; it was the act of the celebration. Right. Okay. So what I did was, is instead of spending $200 to celebrate, I might spend $40. Right. It just comes back to putting some limits on it.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, and when you say board spender, that stood out to me because I've seen people, oh, I'm bored. Let me just peruse yeah.
1: Amazon. Yeah, or, or go through, you know, and yeah. scr- uh, look through Instagram yep. or go online while well, ads are popping up because Big yep. Brother's watching, right? Yep. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, it's been proven. Yeah. If you and I talk about something, all right, for example, Brendan, do you own Ugg boots? <laughs> no. Okay, watch. One of us on our phones yep. are going to have something about a UG pop up, right? It's going to come so, right after this interview. <laughs> that's exactly right. But if you're bored, what I want you to do is be careful with that. Because now what you need to do is find something creative and and, and good to redirect yourself to. Right. Mm-hmm. I even told some people after the holidays, you need to unsubscribe to a lot of emails, yeah. right? Because those ads are coming to you. And so, you know, it's just like someone, if they were an alcoholic, they're not going to have a whole lot of alcohol in the house, right. right? Or if they got a problem with food, they're not going to keep a lot of junk food. The same can be said with shopping.
0: Yeah. I love that. So we talked earlier about just kind of thinking the supermarket analogy of stocks and they're mm. good ones or bad ones. But what else can people do to get started on this process? I I know you've talked about single name versus funds and kind of what else they can do with their money tangibly.
1: Well, I think first and foremost, I think it all starts off with a plan, and I'm a huge proponent of the baby steps because those things have saved my life and changed my life. So if people are out there and they're wanting to get started, I would suggest they pick up Dave's Total Money Makeover. Uh, It's a game plan, and it walks through the seven baby steps. Uh, But I think getting on a budget, obviously having a game plan, getting debt out of your life, uh, I'm serious with this. This is so important because when you get out of debt, you give yourself a raise. You really do. Yeah. Uh, and once you get out of debt, then I want you to build up a fully funded emergency fund. 2020 has taught us that an emergency fund isn't optional anymore. You got to have that because life can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Once that happens, then I want you to start investing. And as you invest, we tell people 15% of your household income is, the, is where you want to be. Uh, but as you're looking at that, you've got to figure out your risk tolerance, your time frame, and your goals, I typically advise people to use growth stock mutual funds because that's what I've used. Uh, I Trust me, I went down the single stock alley. Okay, I've been down there. There's a knot on the top of my head too where I got it taken off uh, messing around with that. But yeah. people need to figure out what works for them and how, they, how they're going to work. But as I say, work with an investment professional. Uh, don't try to do this alone. Don't let Uncle Earl tell you what to invest in in your 401k. You want to work with a pro.
0: Yeah, I like that. Now, so much of the time people will rely on family or friends to lend them money and support Mm. them financially. How can people get support from these people emotionally, maybe instead of financially, so that because I've seen people where, oh, my dad or my brother in law, they backstop it, and then that person never actually grows up. And so how can they make that transition?
1: (sighs) Well, you know what, as family members, whenever you see, you know, it's in us naturally to want to help. Um, I, I think it, I just think we're wired that way as humans. And oftentimes, you know, being able to help someone financially in a situation that could be a source of help. Uh, but oftentimes it's helping them to help themselves. And what I mean by that is helping them grow in their knowledge and skill of how to budget. You know, someone that's having a financial emergency every other month, well, they're not budgeting right? They're living above their means. And so until they decide to take control of it, their situation will never change. And so you, you, what I advise people to do is, is figure out in you what you can do to help. Uh, or, or do you talk with them? Do you send them some free information? You know, what can you do? But at the end of the day, the people aren't going to get help until they want it. And so what I do is, is I just call it, I'm always watering seeds. I'm planting seeds and watering them. And that, what I mean by that is talking about stuff and giving people an opportunity to reach out and ask, but I can't force it on them. And for so many years, Brendan, I tried to do that. I tried to force family to do it because I knew what it had done for my life. But you know what? They get to decide and that's okay. But I'm going to live it and I'm going to keep talking about it. And hopefully one day they'll come to me when they're ready and they'll ask or they'll use one of the resources that I've talked about.
0: That's great. So tell us and tell the audience more about the Chris Hogan show, the books and yeah. everything. I'm curious, what do you typically talk about on the show? And
1: yeah, well, call the in? Chris, like- yeah, the Chris Hogan show is a call-in show. So I take callers, they're calling in and talking about, you know, uh, life and building wealth and retirement. You know, we do all kinds of stuff and we have a lot of fun. Uh, the team that I get to work with, uh, Chad, my producer, Amanda, my associate producer, Bob O'Kiss, my audio engineer and Nathan, my vid- video guy, we have a blast together. So it's a lot of fun. You can check it out on YouTube or go find it and more information at my website, chrishogan360.com. But listen, man, I'm here to help people. Like I am a money coach. I, I am here to guide people and push them. And I think that's my sporting background. I'm a former football player and wrestler. And so I just know what coaches have done for me and my life. And teachers, uh, they changed my life. They gave me a different perspective and a different kind of mindset around looking at what I can achieve. And so I want to be that for others. I'm trying to pass it forward uh, and help people believe what they can do. We got a lot of negatives flying around in the world. We got a lot of people being. Totally what they can and can't do. I want people to know what they can and should do.
0: Absolutely, last question is uh, what success story from someone that you've touched has warmed your heart the most? What what did they call in or call you, email you and tell you happened for them?
1: Well, there was one, uh, I can remember a lady, she was a single mom and had gone through a divorce, a tough divorce. And it was one of those where if she didn't get things situated, she was going to end up living back with her parents. Like it was just one of those. And her daughter was around 10 or 11. And I remember her calling in and talking to me and telling me just how she made a decision, right? Uh, That she was going to do whatever was necessary to show her kid uh, how much she loved her. And it was one of those things where, in her mind, it changed, right? She went from being a victim to thinking like a victor. And that spirit in her changed. But I got to tell you one more, because this is the one that really and truly really touched my soul. I was doing a book signing in, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I was out on book tour for my first book, *Retire Inspired*. Uh, that's America's wake-up call on the whole topic of retirement. But a lady had stood in line, and I saw her back there. She was with her like 11-year-old son, and I kept seeing them. And you know, the line—it was—it was. There was plenty of people there. We were having blast, taking pictures, signing books. Well, she gets up finally. She was one of the last people in line, and I said, "Ma'am, can I sign your book?" And she looks at me and says, "Nope." And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, do y'all want to take a picture? She said, nope. I said, well, honey, you have waited in line for like 45 minutes. Why did you wait in line? She goes, I, she had her hand, son's hand. She goes, I waited in line to come up here and look you in your eye and tell you that the cycle ends here. And then she walked off with that son. Now, I had to keep going because I had other people books to sign. But I'm going to tell you something. When I got back to my green room and I sat down and I thought about what that woman had just done, I got tears in my eyes. See, what she didn't realize is that I, too, grew up in a single-parent home, and Mama Hogan made a stand for my brother and I. She, she made some differences. She started a legacy with what she deposited into these little country boys she was growing, right? But what I knew is that that day that lady stood there and looked me in the eye and said that, she said the cycle ends here. She was gonna change some stuff. She was gonna look at money differently for the sake of that motivation that was standing beside her, her son. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. I sat back there and tears got in my eyes and I thought, oh, honey, the game changed today. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, I've not kept up with her. I don't know what happened, but here's what I do know. I do know she got on a plan. I do know she's doing things differently than she's ever done before. And that little boy will have a different future.
0: Exactly. I was thinking about how his life will now be different because of her and because of you and how beautiful that whole thing
1: is. Oh, man, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Also, Chris, again, thank you so much. Could you just give the links and the book names and everything sure. one more time? Because I know I'm dying to look into this one more and I bet our listeners are too.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, Yeah, you can go to ChrisHogan360.com and find out information about both books. Uh, Retire Inspired, Retirement's Not an Age, It's a Financial Number, that's book one. And book number two is Everyday Millionaires, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth and How You Can Too. Also at my website, you'll find information about the show uh, and about other free resources on there. I've got some tools and things to help people with money. So go to ChrisHogan360.com and check it out.
0: Chris, this is the perfect timing for you to come on the show. Thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.